0: Hello, this is Moss Wheelan and Story in mind. Just getting out for a midday walk and it's it's another nice day, chilly crisp but clear sky clear sailing closing the cemetery gates okay so we talked about crisis now let's talk about Uh, The midpoint and the midpoint is a false sense of success. And this is from this is story structure from um, screenplay writing. I've read a number of books to do with screenplay writing that talk about this and perhaps it's I have now I have a bias I'm just so desperate for a structure I'll sort of, I've latched on to this idea and it it makes sense to me that before the the crisis which is this false sense of failure that there's uh, the opposite. That there's this false sense of success. In in movies, there's this activity, uh, a scene that demonstrates this optimism. Um, the the second act the, the middle of the story is twice as long as the first act and twice as long as the third act and commonly the second act is divided up in half it's so big and unwieldy that it helps to split it in half into this a section and then a b section and when you when you look at it as these two halves you can also see that the 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 plot the story there's this rise of Like a car driving by. No. There's this rise of um, optimism to the middle. And then uh, there's this crest. And then there's a a fall happening. Going down to the crisis. So it's it's... I don't know if you know free tags pyramid or mountain or triangle but it has this shape and it is it is one way of looking at it that there's this so we you know we're going up and then we're going to fall the difference would be that when we're going up to the climax that that would be um, you know that we're going up once more And then earlier on in the... uh, The first act. That there's this fall that is happening. But we're... We're talking about the midpoint. One... Description for... uh, The midpoint is... This point of no return. And... You have... You have a choice of, of or the main character, the MC or the protagonist, has this choice of whether to continue or not. This is this is the point where they are. It's the point of no return, the P O N R, and. Once they go beyond this point, there's no going back. And one of the illustrations for this uh, in history is crossing the Rubicon, where Julius Caesar, the Roman, uh, just trying to remember if he was emperor at that point, or if if he was a Roman general. But he was at this river called the Rubicon. And he was not supposed to cross it. That was the the agreement. That was the rule. And if he he stayed on his side of the Rubicon. um, With his army. His soldiers. Then it would be fine. There wouldn't be a threat uh, to Rome. But... Uh, He he famously said, or is rumored to have said, um, "The die is cast." So he's he throws. It's sort of like he's thrown a dice, uh, and he's thrown dice. And however they turn up, he will accept that his, his destiny or fate. But he has decided to cross this river. And anything else? Rubicon, you can see Ruby in there, this red river. So there's this notion of, of committing yourself to an activity or pursuit. Uh, however, though, the expectation is that this is not going to work out well initially Uh I'm talking about the crisis yesterday, and the crisis is all about you know falling apart you know this failure where whereas the midpoint is this. Optimism, this false sense of success. the the first part of Act Two, this A part, is building up, uh, increasing optimism, things are looking good, and then the other side, the 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 B half of Act Two, is it's this fall. And we have this crest of a moment as as we get up to the top of this Matterhorn, this mountain. And it's weird too because there's, there's, it's easier climbing the thing than it is getting down it. One example from movies that I was given was Witness with Harrison Ford. And right plunk in the middle of this movie, um, in the middle of Act Two, there is this um, barn raising or barn building where the main character is... Um, it seems like that they have joined, uh, with this community and there's this optimism and construction. And so, you know, he's, he's part of these people. He's been, um, it's sort of like a a reluctant, there's been a reluctance and it seems like it's been overcome. And i'm just I'm just thinking of my own my own kind of experience working with the midpoint in in my book, uh Greyhawk Terrapin, I positioned the midpoint as this the characters don't necessarily have to go ahead they've discovered this super big secret and there's is, there's is a literal a bridge a kind of entrance or threshold uh that they can cross but but they would have to actually cross it to to go into this Uh, This actually it reminds me of another threshold, which is at the end of Acts one. There's a threshold. There's this decision to continue, and there's often threshold guardians that help or hinder. I'm remembering these um, guardians him I don't know if the positioning is right but I'm just remembering these threshold guardians from the never ending story these sphinxes that are stopping all these warriors from passing through also I remember I was looking up a, I, I, I get curious about uh adaptation or just in the process of looking up the never-ending story and the the german author was uh upset about the movie and that uh they didn't get it that was that was the one scene these sphinxes these threshold guardians and he said they totally didn't get um and to me that that said Oh, they didn't get the heart of the story, and I kind of felt that because I, I read Neverending Story. I think I first I first saw it sort of fleetingly. I was not I was not deep into it, but apparently it had been filmed in Vancouver. Like the real world stuff had been filmed in Vancouver, so I was curious about that, and I went. Sussed it out, but uh, also I was interested in this. You know, here's this person who's written fantasy, and then here's this movie that is that something is lost in translation. I don't know how other people feel about it, but for for all of the neat stuff in it, there's also something kind of not um, in touch. And if you read never-ending story. I I think you might get what I'm talking about. It's a nice big chunk of a book that sort of def- defies the rules because it's it's not you know uh, like that. There's these rules imposed on word count, you know, that it has to be a certain um, middle middle grade books, middle grade fantasy. Are not supposed to be these big, thick books, and you know, and then you have this sprawling um, German fantasy. The midpoint. It's it's not entirely easy. Um, it's, it's not entirely easy getting to the midpoint. The main character is assisted. Um, friends and allies is one term. I think uh, from a screenwriting manual called Save the Cat. It, uh, that part of the story is called uh, Games... Uh, Something in games. I keep thinking spies in games, but it has to do with. uh, Somebody is smoking a cigarette. It's so weird that distant smells sort of pick up from far away. Because I don't see anybody, but I can. I had this whiff moment of. Uh, so yeah, so it's not e- immediately easy, and we're 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 going kind of from, in the second act, we're going from a a low point at the start. We're at this low point. Um, the character in a way has been forced into this decision and the call to adventure they have finally agreed to it Um, they have to in a sense and so they find themselves wandering and it's the midpoint is right at this junction of the wanderer Becoming the warrior, and so it's a, it's a bit of a transformation, a point of transformation, another liminal state. Liminal is this kind, this in between. Uh, One, one example of liminal is a wedding ceremony. Where you have these people who are traditionally that, and then say symbolically that it's this—it's uh, another rite of passage that you're moving between two states, and that you, you're, you're moving out of one uh, way of being and into another. Your your role within the community, within the family, is altered. Somewhat, <clears throat> but there's this symbolic shift that, that happens. I was just thinking of Carl Jung's um, division that he was, illustrating this path towards uh, individuation which individuation is this the the goal of Jungian I want to say psychology but it's probably um, like something like psychotherapy but anyways he had these he had these uh, divisions and these these Archetypes, these kind of primary archetypes, uh, that symbolize this journey that uh, that one takes, and it comes up a bit in Joseph Campbell, um, and I'm just thinking about this point of division uh, at at the midpoint that it's crossing. A river crossing a bridge, leaving one sort of state, going to another state. For Carl Jung, it's uh, he was using these the, the symbolism of alchemy as this internal process that's going on. And it, it starts off in the, in the first act, it would be this uh, shadow, and then it goes to, um, and, and one way of looking at the shadow is this uh, raven or crow, this blackbird. And then it goes on to this next um, archetype, which is this uh, couple, and then uh, uh it was representations of the masculine and the feminine, so we see them represented together. It is interesting I just mentioned uh a couple getting married married and uh he called those archetypes the the anima and the animus. So we go from the shadow to the anima and the animus. The argument there being that everybody has a shadow side of themselves. Everybody has a masculine and a feminine side of themselves. And then, in the second act of the second the second half of the second act, then we would have this older uh, old man or old woman kind of uh, mentor uh, character. That's nice. Someone slowing down for me as I cross the midpoint of this loop of the street. Uh... And then, and then the final, the, the final part of this, uh, in the third act, is I believe it's the red king, and that the this red king is 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 this final archetype that symbolizes um, individuation. You know, this wholeness. And I, I don't have it quite right, I'm sure. But that's the, the general idea. And so I'm probably going to go visit that later. So that I can double back and say, oh, I was mistaken about that. So, from a Jungian standpoint, the midpoint it has to do with this change that's happening between uh, one archetype, this couple, and then the next archetype, which is the this old, this older person, this kind of mentor. And I, I don't want to impose. Gender upon. For some reason, that's my understanding. That uh, yeah. Midway. That's a bit. That's a bit like Dante. And. Uh, how it starts off is that he 's uh, i believe it 's dante it's he 's the he 's the narrator of the divine comedy he 's halfway through life and he's, he 's he re- he refers to it as being lost in this forest. And this forest has access to these uh, terrible beasts and animals that represent um, doubt, worry, fear. Just attempting to remember what the name of that... I think it's Allegory. Where you know, creatures and people and events symbolize, say, different states and being in that forest and encountering these uh, wild animals, that it's, it's sort of like a reflection of, of Dante's, it, I, it, it is a reflection of Dante's internal uh, situation. But that's more at the. That's that's how uh, the Divine Comedy starts, that he's sort of in in between, and and not in a good place. Whereas uh, the midpoint is. Usually it's good place. The way it would be different is if it was a tragedy, where you change the polarity of all the plot points so if you're writing a tragedy where it's going to end horribly then the midpoint is going to be this false sense of failure and everything will be flipped upside down instead of rising action and then falling action it will be falling action to this kind of pit (laughs) of despair and then rising to this anti-climax and I'm just just, uh, attempting to think of the opposite so in the case of uh, The Witness with Harrison Ford instead of building a barn it would be destroying a barn and it would be uh, kind of being an outcast or rejected by the community and instead of peace it would be uh, conflict let's, let's see if we're yeah getting pretty close to the halfway mark Of of this episode, what can I say about that? There's a kind of feeling of uh, success. There's a, an optimism. Oh, I made it halfway. I'm sure that I can, you know, get get through. I can accomplish uh, what I want to achieve. What I feel uh I ought to achieve or should happen that's con- connecting to what I mentioned about um talking about crisis the other day that that it's all about um, want and that at the end we have need, but when we're in the middle, it's definitely about about want and up to the crisis there is this galvanizing or there's this feeling of being buoyed along and say, encouragement that you know, especially at the midpoint that what the character wants to achieve is, you know, A, possible, B, viable, and C, ought to be done. You know, that it's being reaffirmed. Um, and yet, the main character has got to push on and push through So, there's a, a conscious choice there. Um, the, the problem, though, is that it's a false sense of success. So, it's not true. And how are the characters going about achieving their uh, primary goal and goals if you look at the three areas of conflict, the physical, the personal, slash emotional, and then the internal or psychological, that those three goals or super the super goal that the main character is getting these messages and that their experiences sort of carry them along I just had this thought of an example of say a bank robbery and that there is this optimism or sort of feeling that one is bulletproof. I, I, th- I suspect that for some people that are involved in stick-ups and robberies, muggings, um, bank robberies, whatever, that not only is there this addictive element which gets into the territory of symptom versus the cause. Slash want versus need, but there's also this there's this idea that you know it's a it's an easy way to get money um, you know it's a obvious way to get money you know here's my friends who are saying let's go get that money and I just, I had this weird thought of, there was this study done, psychological, where people are put into a room, and they administer electric shock to uh, another person uh, in the study. And they increase it, and they're told they have to do this. And the question is whether they will do it or not. The other person in the other room it, the, that's receiving the shocks is actually in on the study. And, and they're just screaming and begging for the, the shocks to stop. 60% of the people in the study do this. You know, If, if they're told to do something, however horrible, they will do it. And then there's the 40% who refuse. They might feel bad about it, or adamant about it. They have this moral backbone. Ethics. And you'd think that it would be opposite. You'd think that the 60% would be moral and ethical. There's, a, there's Of course, there's a problem there. It's, it's stats. There's a counter-argument that you know, if you can get, if you can get the stats right, that it's a good representation, much like polling. You know, our statistics voodoo. But anyways, I, I just had this thought of uh, people who who get into crime, who get into whatever crime. Uh, sort of say, you know, looking at it as a viable option, or in the case of bank robbery, and thinking about a midpoint, you sort of getting to this sense of success, and that it's possible. Um, a, a counter-argument for, for what I'm proposing is if you follow it along, that the the climax of the story would be that you know it would be this perfect bank robbery and you and the criminals get away from the the good guys and we're we're rooting for the bad guys and there's a there's a moral dilemma there there's this obligation to um prop up uh, the the law you know the law banks um, you know not stealing from people and then the the flip side of that would be Robin Hood who's stealing from the rich and giving to the poor and I just I just heard somebody talking about Robin Hood I think it was on an archaeology show and they were pointing out just how ridiculous it was you know that, you know, if people, if people are going to be stealing, you know, they're not going to be uh, sharing. They're not going to be like spreading this wealth around. They're going to keep it for themselves. That said, uh, you know, there's these bank robbers, criminals who, they have a level of Perhaps it has to do with kind of kind of rooting for the, the the bad guy, you know. Oh, you know, here's somebody who's breaking out of their kind of social prison and social dynamic, um, breaking that contract and rebelling. And we're almost cheering them on, and. You know, like these uh, cowboys. Cowboys, cowboy mythology, cowboy movies, where is it, I think it's Jesse James and there's this contrast of, it's like an adoration for the criminal. I've kind of gotten off track here, but I, I My my point was the this convincing other people that they're on the right path. So perhaps the story with our villains, you know, that say our anti-hero if the expectation is that you know that they perhaps flip and they become a good person at the end. They redeem themselves perhaps it's kind of like that they turn evidence and become uh become a snitch and in, even even that terminology it's so interesting you know it it's it's a term that comes from you know people who are on the the side of the villains uh versus versus the other side, you know, who who want um, law and order, safe streets, etc., etc. So let's say that our hero or heroine has been buoyed along encouraged and they've gotten to the midpoint and they've made the made the choice made the decision to cross over up until this point things actually have been not too bad there was some bad stuff happening at the beginning of the story and uh, as, they, as the character has, is rebelling in the middle they, they now face a world of pain and, and they, they have some idea of that uh, that's, that's interesting You know why? Why take a chance? Why take a risk? It's it's a weird situation that we're all in because I think I saw on Twitter just today there was this um, somebody was saying a life unlived and like that a life unlived is a bad situation you, know, you you want to make sure to live your life and at, at the moment I saw that read that, I was thinking to myself on, on, on one hand it 's motivation on, on the other hand it's there 's a big question there of. I don't want to say safety, but say uh, disappointment. Maybe uh, going for something and then finding out that, in fact, you you know, it's not your thing. That's uh, that's something with uh, education. Say um, going into a field perhaps you're forced into this uh, field or you sort of head into something um, and and maybe you do it just because you're told to do it you know, you're 60% and you go, okay, well, you know my parents are telling me it's a good thing to do and I'm not, I don't like it but I'm supposed to do it and it's 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 an odd statement a life unlived because we're all living our lives and in the case of writing a book you know hmm. you know anybody can write a book the difficulty gets into when when it's sort of drifting into fame and fortune, Um, sort of, say, you know, a specific, uh, something beyond one's reach, and there's all kinds of terminology, Uh, like, you know, shoot for the stars, follow that dream, And the, the difficulty with these sayings is that there's an assumption of the positive but it, it can also be encouraging you to or the main character to go in a direction that is desired versus needed. And, and nobody wants to hear that. Like you know, nobody wants to have the you know hear the word of advice, the um, the realist or the rational person, or and too I I've said um, you know people who are dying in cubicles, and it's it's this flip side of. Some people love the 2.5 family, you know, the the house, the dog, the job. And vice versa, there's people that uh, loathe it, you know, and find themselves trapped in it. Midpoints, halfways. There's something there, the midlife crisis. I, I thought it was sort of, oh, you know, I'm strong. I've been through a lot. You know, I'm not going to have a, a midlife crisis, and it sort of goes with the whole cosmopolitan idea. I'm open-minded. I'm evolved. I'm uh, I'm not a stupid person, <laughs> and it's it's quite the opposite. And I'm not entirely sure, like, say, one has to take responsibility um, at some point, hopefully. But uh, uh, yeah, so one has to take responsibility. And I'm not quite sure where. You know, these notions of... um, Well, I I know that part of it has to do with aspirational advertising. Which is this fueling of aspiration. And the subtext is... um, You're not good enough. But, if you buy this product. If you buy into this brand, the image. If you advocate, you know, if you're, if this is how you identify, yeah, you know, give us your money and you you will have this status symbol um, that will assist you in the various rituals of our culture. So, um, it's... It's about, it's about aspiring to something rather than being comfortable in your own skin. Uh, So that's, that's, that's part of it. And, yeah, even for myself, looking at my, uh, my family, my background, uh, these various notions of aspiration and wanting something, and and being encouraged, almost like peer pressure. Oh, you know, so and so has this. I want to have it as well. Uh, in order to define oneself. And, sad to say, it's addictive behavior. It's not, it's, it's not you know, this wonderful thing that, uh, it, you know, we can um, be proud of uh, encouraging people um, to get involved in yeah, so aspirational advertising so part of this midpoint problem this plot point it's it's all about tricking the protagonist and luring them getting them confident, and to such a point where that they were, they're going to acquiesce, and they're going to put aside their fears and doubts, and they're going to tackle, tackle the opposition, tackle the problem, without being uh, fully prepared. The, the Jedi training that they're supposed to do they put it aside and Yoda is advising the young warrior he's like look you, you ought to finish your training first and, you know, and the, the young warrior is full of heart but loses hand And 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 there's a a sacrifice there. There's this bit of martyrdom, you know, a a piece of oneself dies, um, and it's replaced with uh, technology, and that of course is a bit of Luke Skywalker and Yoda and Skywalker's machine hand. So, the the midpoint for a writer is it's kind of doubly cruel. On on Twitter, writers will talk about you know, um, killing uh, characters, but this this gets down to manipulation. This gets down to leading on. The main character, and I think I think the message there has to do with. I, I don't know if you've seen Pinocchio, but there's these two characters. The uh, I think it's a fox and a cat, and. There's a number of characters that Pinocchio kind of he he buys into their like you know they they're tricking they're tricking him all the way and one after another he's uh, falling for their aspirational advertising and and the the midpoint is all about this naivete it's it's a it's a false sense of success it's a it's an optimism but it's it's a it's a blind optimism it's it's foolish and it's it's about not listening to warnings you know there are signposts you know there are omens um friends are uh cautioning and, and warning the main character and the main character is blithe and overconfident And they're about to get a huge dose of reality, and a huge painful dose of reality. So this is the the calm before the storm, and you know the the sun the sun is shining out of. Um, <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> I choose not to say that. Uh, what is it? The sun is shining out of empty buckets, basically, and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this um, illusion. It's an illusion. It's sleight of hand. It's a magic trick, and um, just like sleight of hand, um, where where the the sense of confidence it, it's it's invested in the wrong place and that has to do with want versus need and it's it's feeding into the desires of, of the main character and in increasing this idea that you know, if i could only achieve this uh, object or person or situation then everything is going to be better you know and believing that it's possible um Pathological is not the right word for it. It's more kind of like a um, delusion. And f- f- not being realistic. Focusing on... Um, f- focusing on... Yeah. And sorry, I'm just kind of tying it to my own situation uh, writing and publishing. And with with writing and publishing... Uh, it is and marketing it's you know it's it 's completely easy it 's simple, and how you do it is you do it step by step and you do a little bit at a time and you keep doing it and you get better at it. You get books published or short stories published and then anthologies, and you get involved in awards and you are patient and you play the long game but that's not the case for our main character our main character is wanting to bypass and they have the map that shows the bypass and you know they're not listening to this worldly advice these you know this sagely um expression uh, these you know the this wisdom that's being offered to them they want it now and in in my case it's about I want it now I want I want the creative freedom I want to be um, the what is it (laughs) I want to do what I love and get paid for it and It's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience. I know that. And I wrestle against the other side of it, which is um, the desire to have it now. What's that called? When you go into the supermarket and there's items there, impulse shopping or impulse buying. There's all these um, candies and um, chips, you know, these small items that are cheap and you know they're they're all piled and stacked in there uh yeah it's all about impulse and so it's about it's it's about impulse versus wisdom knee-jerk reaction versus um being realistic and patient and um but at the at the midpoint uh, this lack of um lack of patience and that is uh, dominant that has has taken over and um in in the main character's mind you know it's you know it's like oh yes right it's going to be it's going to be easy or it's going to be as easy as the first part of the uh second act the middle of the story all right thanks for listening and stay, stay warm if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, and have a great summer if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. And if you're on the equator, keep, keep being balanced. You people rock.